Hello and welcome to Habemus Papam, episode 149, Damasus II. Dear brothers and sisters, Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Habemus Papam. So we had one brief holy reforming German Pope in Clement II. And then, if you remember from last week, Benedict IX decided to pop into Rome again, and with the help of a local noble, Boniface the Margrave of Tuscany, decided to reclaim the papal throne. But the people of Rome were really, 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 really fed up with Benedict IX by this point. So they put together a group of representatives to go to the Emperor Henry III and beg him, please, please, please come and set things right. They came with a name of a good successor to Clement II, uh, a French archbishop named Halinard, the Archbishop of Lyon, whom everyone seemed to love. Well, the envoys get to Henry, and he decided to go with someone else, Popo, the Bishop of Brixen, or as the Italians who took it over in World War I call it Bressanone, a small town in South Tyrol in what is today northern Italy. Popo was of a noble family, though we don't know much about his background other than that he was in the court of Henry III in the 1040s. It may seem like a small town, but it was incredibly important as a diocese because it straddled the main trading routes through the Alps. Papa was this very close collaborator with the emperor, and we have documents of various privileges given by the emperor to his diocese over this time period. Papo traveled with Henry when he came to settle things in 1046, and he was in Rome for Clement's consecration and Henry's coronation as Holy Roman Emperor. Papo was on his way back to his diocese with Henry when the news came that Clement had died suddenly. Now, this death was seen as an opportunity by those who were opposed to Henry, both in Germany and in Italy. And it all revolved around this guy, Boniface the Margrave of Tuscany. He made an alliance with any Italian city-state who had a grudge with Henry, and then he used that power to put his guy, who happened to be Benedict IX, back on the papal throne. But of course, Henry couldn't stand for this. So when the delegation came from Rome, Henry said that Papo is my guy, let's make him Pope. Papo heard about this and went straight to Henry, who then sent him with some troops down to Italy. They went directly to Boniface, the Margrave of Tuscany, and said to him, get rid of Benedict and put in Papo or else. Boniface realized pretty quickly that his little rebellion didn't stand a chance, and so he did as he was told. And Papo was brought into Rome, and the people of Rome... Uh, rejoiced and installed him as Pope on July 17th, 1048. He took the name Damasus II for the same reasons as his predecessor did, uh, taking a saintly Pope of the early church to try and spark reform. But like his predecessor, he won't be Pope long enough for real reform. Shortly after his coronation, he realized what everyone in Rome realizes in August, that it's too darn hot to stay in this city. And so he headed to the cooler hill towns of Palestrina just outside the city. And there he caught malaria and died on August 9th, 1048, just 24 days after becoming Pope, making him the seventh shortest pontificate of all time. There was some talk that he might have been poisoned and even poisoned on the orders of Benedict IX, but we don't have any evidence to be certain of that. He was buried in the Church of St. Lawrence outside the walls, and he was succeeded by our first canonized saintly Pope in almost 40 episodes, St. Leo IX, but we'll have to wait to talk about him and the reform of the church for next week. Thanks for listening to Habemus Papam. You can check out the rest of the Catholic Bites podcast at catholicbitespodcast.com or find us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you and God bless you.